Jonah chapter 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed, and the word of the Lord Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, Forty more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently to God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Continuing in chapter 4. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city, There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade and wanted to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head and to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. But the Lord said, You've been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. 
Should I not be concerned about that great city? Well, hello and welcome to church this evening. Uh, my name's Tim Purser. Uh, I'm on the ministry team here, and uh, I actually have the great pleasure of taking us through this uh, second part of Jonah. Uh, if you missed last week, or if you're new here this week, uh, we've been going through Jonah in a two-part series. Uh, last week, we looked at uh, three characteristics of God. Uh, they are, uh, God is sovereign, God is omnipresent, and God provides salvation. So in quite a corny way, I sort of got us to remember that uh, we should send God an SOS because he's sovereign, he's omnipresent, and he provides salvation when the storms of life roll in. Well, this week, we're only looking at one characteristic of God, and that characteristic is God's mercy or God's compassion. We will see from this passage in Jonah that God is a God who shows mercy to all people. So my main point for uh, this talk tonight is that the right response to God's mercy is, uh, is we are to want it for others. But before we get to Jonah, please, let's pray together. Lord, we pray now as we turn to your word that you would remove all distractions from us. We pray, Lord, that you would calm our hearts and open our eyes to learn from your word. I pray that the words that I speak tonight will be faithful to you and to your word, and I pray that your Holy Spirit will take these words and drive them deep into the hearts of your people for your glory. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight's quite simple. Uh, I've only got two points. Uh, my first point is... God is a God of mercy. And my second point is, how do we respond to this God of mercy? Now, because we've only got two points, I actually don't have a PowerPoint. So you'll just have to listen to me and there'll be nothing on the screen. But my first point is, God is a God of mercy. He shows mercy to Jonah, which is his runaway prophet. Now, if you've shut your Bibles at this point, uh, please uh, reopen them. Uh, there at, we're at page 655. Uh, this is just so you can follow along with me so you know that what I'm saying is what the Bible says. Um, and as you're turning there, uh, turn with me to uh, Jonah chapter 3, uh, verses 1 and 2, where the writer of Jonah says this, Then the word of the Lord came again to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Now the readers of the day, when they heard this, they would have been quite shocked. Jonah was this guy. He was a runaway prophet. He was a person who turned his back on God and quite openly ran in the opposite direction from where God wanted him to go. They would have been shocked because they couldn't believe that this prophet who had disobeyed God so openly was given a second chance by God to go to Nineveh. What it shows us is it shows us that God by giving Jonah a second chance, is a God of mercy. We too, as readers, should feel the shocking nature of, of this. 
Right? In our day, a, a similar act of a demonstration of mercy would be um, if a husband or wife uh, came home one day and found that their wife or husband was being unfaithful to them. Instead of demanding justice and asking for a divorce, they would show them mercy and give them a second chance at the marriage. They would seek reconciliation and give them a second chance. In the same way, God is a God of mercy. He gives Jonah a second chance to go to Nineveh and to tell them what God commands him to tell them. So we see, firstly, that God shows mercy to Jonah. God also shows mercy to Nineveh. Now, uh, turn with me, or keep with me. Uh, We're in um, Jonah chapter 3, verse 4. Now, before we get there, though, to fully understand the mercy that God shows to Nineveh, we need to understand a little bit about Nineveh. Um, Nineveh was a great city of the day. It was um, a large city, as we see from the text. It was also the flourishing capital of the Assyrian Empire. So think of it sort of like as, as the Rome of today or the New York of today or the London of today or even in our context, the, the Sydney of today. Um, Nineveh was actually not part of God's chosen people. They were outside of Israel. They were Gentiles. They were sort of foreigners and aliens to God. And they didn't know God at all. Uh, and history also records about Nineveh that the, they were murderers that they were sexually perverse, that they were drunkards, that they worshipped demons and practised witchcraft. These people from Nineveh weren't a great bunch of people. They were actually... Their evil had come up to God, as we saw in chapter 1. God had to judge these people. But it is to this evil and rebellious nation that God shows mercy. Look with me at uh, chapter 3, verse 4. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Now, you may be thinking, how is that an act of mercy? How is that an act of mercy? You're just proclaiming judgment on them, that in 40 days they're going to be overthrown. Well, this is God's first act of mercy towards Nineveh. He's actually mercifully letting them know that judgment is coming their way. God, if he wanted to, he could have just destroyed Nineveh for what they had done. They were a terrible, wicked nation. But God, in an act of mercy, decided to let them know that judgment is coming their way. Now, I was thinking of how to sort of explain that to us and how to make it make sense. And the closest I got was um, the non-smoking ads on TV. To us, in one sense, they're an act of mercy. They're warning us of the coming destruction that smoking brings. So in the same way, God warns Nineveh about their coming destruction. And in this, God is showing mercy to the people of Nineveh. Now, one just important thing that we need to note here, it's a side note, um, but it's quite critical to our understanding of Nineveh, is that in Jonah's message to Nineveh, He did not promise, sorry, in God's message through Jonah to Nineveh, he did not promise that if they repented and if they turned from what they were doing, they would be saved. There was nothing in Jonah's message that says, if you change your actions, God will relent and God will forgive you. They were an evil people 
They deserved God's judgment. However, God is a God of mercy. God is a God of mercy. And we see this, look with me, at chapter 3, verse 10. Now God relented, and he did not bring destruction on them that he had threatened. God, by relenting from his destruction, shows mercy in a massive way to Nineveh. God is a God of mercy. That's what we see from this first part of Jonah. Well, you may be sitting there and you may be, th- you may be thinking, well, that's all good for Jonah. And that's all good for Nineveh. That's a fantastic story that God shows them mercy. How does that actually relate to me? What does that mean for me and my life? Well, what it is teaching us, it's actually teaching us that God has a characteristic of, of mercy and that throughout the whole Bible, he shows that he is a merciful God. And God shows mercy to both Christians and to non-Christians. Let me show you how he shows, firstly, mercy to Christians. God shows mercy to Christians by sending Jesus to die in our place. We were a terrible, sinful people, and we needed a saviour. And that saviour came through Jesus. And that is how God shows mercy to Christians. But God also shows mercy to non-Christians. God also shows mercy to non-Christians. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 12:41, where Jesus says, The men of Nineveh will stand up against this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. Now God shows mercy to the non-Christians by sending someone greater than Jonah, a greater preacher than Jonah, to come and to preach and to warn them of the, non, of the coming destruction or the coming judgment that God had laid out for them. This is God's act of mercy towards non-Christians as well. So in one sense, Jesus is the Jonah to Nineveh. God is a God of mercy. This leads me then to my second point. In how do we respond to this God of mercy? The book of Jonah provides us with uh, two answers or, or two responses to this God of mercy. There's the right way and then there's the wrong way. Uh, we're going to consider firstly uh, the right way uh, and the right way to respond. So look with me um, at chapter 3, verse 8 and 9 we'll see how the Ninevites respond. This is just after the king of Nineveh um, has made a proclamation uh, after hearing the preaching of Jonah, uh, and he says these words, Let the people and the animals be covered in sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on the Lord. Let Let them give up their evil ways and turn from their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with mercy turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. And this passage, it shows us one way to respond. It shows us a couple of things in it. We see that Nineveh's response to God's mercy is shown by this, that they humbly repent. That is, they put on the sackcloth as a demonstration of humility before God. 
They also turn from their evil and violent ways and they call out to God for salvation. Now, if you're like Nineveh, if you're currently not believing in the God of the Bible, today is a good day for you. Today is a fantastic day because God has shown you mercy. God in the man Jesus Christ has come to earth as the greater Jonah to preach about the coming judgment that is for you. But God is a God of mercy. I pray that you will be like Nineveh and you will respond to this message, that you would humble yourself before this merciful God and that you would look to him and call out to him for your salvation from this coming destruction. Because just as God saved Nineveh and showed mercy to Nineveh when they relented and repented, God too will show mercy to you. Therefore, the right response to mercy or God's mercy is humble repentance and a turning away from wickedness by looking to God for our salvation. Now, if you're a Christian here today, if you're a Christian here today, you've already done that. You've already repented and turned and you're looking to God for your salvation. And that is fantastic. But this message of, of mercy to the non-Christian is not the main point of Jonah. The main point of Jonah is how do Christians respond when God shows mercy to people that they despise? How do Christians respond when God shows mercy to people that they despise? Now we'll turn and we'll see the wrong response. Uh, the wrong response obviously is seen in Jonah and you see him, he throws three massive tantrums. Uh, I'm only going to spend a bit of time looking at one of them because the first one speaks for the rest of them. Uh, look with me at uh, chapter 4 verses 1 to 3. Um, and here we see Jonah's response to God showing mercy to the people of Nineveh. Read along with me. But, but Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is, why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God slow to anger and abounding in love, and, God, uh, and a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O oh Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. I reckon Jonah's going a bit over the top there. I don't know about you, but I reckon it's better for him to die than to live is taking it a bit too far. But what it shows us about Jonah is that he actually gets angry at God for showing mercy to a people that he despises. Now, if you, if you don't know, the Jews hated the Gentiles. They hated anyone who wasn't a Jew. That was just their culture. And Jonah especially hates the city of Nineveh. But it is to this city that God shows mercy. Also in this passage, we see why Jonah ran from God in chapter 1. We see why Jonah ran to Tarshish. It was not because he was scared 
of the people of Nineveh. It wasn't because he was scared of this great city, but it was because he knew God is a God of mercy and he didn't want God to show mercy to the people of Nineveh. Jonah's life is an utter inconsistency. Jonah is happy to receive mercy from God, but when God shows that same mercy to someone else, Jonah gets angry because he doesn't think that those people deserve the mercy of God. Just have a look with me. I'll recap on the mercy that God has shown to Jonah. Uh, God showed mercy by not letting Jonah run away from the presence of God. God showed mercy to Jonah by providing a big fish to keep Jonah alive when he was going to drown in the sea. God showed mercy to God by giving Jonah a second chance to go to Nineveh. God shows mercy to God, uh, Jonah by bringing up a tree to give him shade. God shows mercy to Jonah by trying to teach Jonah about himself. And God shows mercy to Jonah by not killing him when he throws a tantrum and asks God to kill him three times. Now, if I was God and Jonah was asking me to kill him, after the first tantrum, I would have wiped him out straight then and there. Like, he just is an annoying guy. But God is a God of mercy. God doesn't kill Jonah. God shows him mercy over and over and over again. But even though Jonah has been shown so much mercy, even though God has poured out so much mercy on him, Jonah still gets angry when God shows mercy to the people that he despises. So in this, Jonah is showing us, the book of Jonah, the writer of Jonah, is showing us the wrong way to respond when God shows mercy. The wrong way to respond when God shows mercy is to get angry at God for showing mercy to a people that we despise. Now, as Christians here today, we have been shown the greatest amount of mercy. We've been washed clean. We've been forgiven. We've been freed from the chains of sin and slavery to death. God has done that for us in the person of Jesus Christ. But we need to ask this question from the book of Jonah. We need to ask our qu the question, would we ever respond like Jonah? We need to ask ourselves, is there someone in my life that if I saw them in heaven, I would be angry at God? Is there someone who has caused me so much pain that I would be angry that God did not let them suffer for what they had done to me? Now, it may be the person at work who stabbed you in the back to get that promotion. It may be the boss at work who treats you like rubbish. It may be the person at work who publicly belittles you for being a Christian and believing that Jesus rose from the dead. It may be the member of your extended family who makes your life hell. It may be the person who beat you. It may be the person who bullied you. It may be the person who abused you. It may be the person who took advantage of you. It may even be your ex-husband or your ex-wife who left you for someone else. 
I'm not sure who this person is for you. I'm not even sure if there is this person in your life. But if a Nineveh exists in your life, please feel the sting of Jonah. Please remember that as Christians, we have been shown so much mercy. We have been shown so much mercy that what right do we have to be angry when God shows mercy to the people that we despise, to the people that have caused us so much pain? I want to leave you with a a story um, that demonstrates this quite well. Um, It's from a lady called Corrie Ten Boom. You may know her book, The Hiding Place. Um, Corrie and her sister uh, were captured by the Nazis and they were sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp near the end of uh, World War II. Um, At the hands of these soldiers, uh, the women were humiliated. They were taken advantage of and they were malnourished, underfed. Uh, In this camp, Corrie's sister... She died as a result of starvation. Um, And in her book, Corrie recounts this uh, incident that took place just after the war had finished. She was in Germany and she was was giving a a talk on on forgiveness. And she had just finished speaking to a large group, sort of like here tonight, uh, when she noticed a soldier from the camp coming in the opposite direction to the crowd towards her. And this is what she says. But I remembered him and the leather cob swinging from his belt. I was face to face with one of my captors and my blood seemed to freeze. He said to me, You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk. I was a soldier there. But since that time, he went on, I have become a Christian I know that God has forgiven me for all the cruel things that I did at that camp. But now, I would like, it to, he- I would like to hear it from you, Fraulein. And he thrust out his hand to shake mine. Will you forgive me? Will you show mercy to me? And Corey recounts, As I stood there with coldness clutching at my heart, I who had been shown so much mercy, as he stood there with his hand held out, to me it seemed like hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I had to do. Finally, I cried out, I forgive you, brother. I don't know about you. I don't know if there's a guard in your life. I don't know if there's a Nineveh in your life. But if there is someone that you don't want to share a meal with in heaven, I pray that you would see the inconsistency in your life, like the inconsistency in Jonah's life. I pray that you would remember that God has shown us so much mercy, that we are to show mercy others. The right response to God's mercy is to want it for others. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you that you are a God of mercy. 
we thank you that you have shown mercy to us by sending Jesus to die in our place. Please help us not to be angry, Lord, when you show mercy to those people who have hurt us the most. We pray this for your glory, in your name. Amen.